0: And build his house alone. His I learned, I learned right here at home. You know the feeling am talking
1: about.
2: Alright, everybody. It is Friday, August 21st. It is the return of the You Teach RGB podcast. We haven't had a podcast in a long time because nobody wanted to do one during COVID. So this is our first COVID podcast. And I have Juan Lasso, who likes to go as JB. How are you doing today? Doing well. You're doing well. What's what's going on with you in you teach? What's how's your you teach life? You teach life is
3: gonna be busy this semester. Um, I wasn't ready for all the technology. I'm kind of an old guy, so I'm uh, this stuff's kind of harder for me than it is for the kids. I think for the, the but at least I have them to lean on. You know, I have my younger more savvy classmates to lean on and of course you 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 guys know a lot so but I already built my virtual classroom um I built it yesterday and I like it. it's pretty cool pretty cool stuff you're
2: getting getting ready to go into apprentice teaching I'm
3: getting ready to go into apprentice
2: teaching how do you feel about that um
3: I'm kind of bummed that it's not face-to-face because that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I signed up for and uh, but I think this is a learning experience, and the way the climate is right now, I believe uh, virtual is going to be the new norm. So we might as well get used to it and and get used to the tools and learn how to how to get the kids engaged while while we're while we're doing it virtually. I think that's going to be the communication part's going to be a a big a big factor.
2: So do you think that there's any skills that you've acquired in you teach that are going to be very easy for you to apply online?
3: I think the the part of of making it inquiry based is the background that we needed. I think we have that leg up on the traditional teachers. We we were taught um, how to design the lessons to just be facilitators and make the students responsible for their learning. So, I believe that 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 tool that we have in our toolboxes is, is going to be vital for, for this type of, of learning.
2: So I think you're going to be okay. Now, and when we first started, these are your words, you said you're an old man, but tell me about your education experience, your experience so far in, in everything that led you up to you teach and to where you're at now. Okay. Well, I graduated from high school in 95,
3: 1995 and I went to Texas tech on a STEM scholarship. It was a double major Computer science, uh, chemical engineering, computer science, that's when computer science was brand new. So it was like this new thing that if we majored in it, uh, we got this boost in tuition. And they pretty much had a really good scholarship. And I had a couple more scholarships, like National Hispanic Institute, a couple of things like that. So uh, LULAC scholarship, just a bunch of little scholarships here and there. Went to college. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Had to come home. Uh, for a year and then pretty much wasted about a couple of years on the streets just being stupid and um, my, during that time my sister died that's kind of why I came home as well mm-hmm. um, she had a terminal illness called metachromatic leukodystrophy super rare um, so family suffered through all that and then uh, a little bit after that I started getting into like some gang activity type stuff like that on the streets and uh, got in with some wrong guys and got run over by a car. Got jumped and got my head cracked open and all kinds of stuff. So uh, um, I did. I called my uncle who had an electric company in, in Kingsville. And I said, you know, I got to get out of here. Or I'm going to die. And he's like, well, if you're not here tomorrow, then then forget about it. So I hopped on a bus that night and I took off. And, and then I started working as an electrician. I was 19 years old. And I did that. Uh, construction, everything, it became licensed. I did all that for about, I don't know, maybe up till 2007, something like that. And then I uh, was tired of being an electrician. Uh, well, not, not the electrical, not the work part of it, but like being in the sun and then every every so often because it's kind of um, seasonal. So then you'd have those few months off where you didn't have an income. and I just didn't want that. So a friend of mine down here that worked at the Monitor called me and said they were looking for an electrical guy. So I moved down to the valley and worked at the Monitor for about eight years. That sent to France. and we did some trainings over there and uh, learned how to run the press and the new press, because we brought in a new press that they bought from France. And uh, became an electronics tech and all kinds of stuff. And I worked for, as a facilities guy there at the monitor. So fixed everything. I can pretty much fix anything. It's a really cool skill. And then um, I had to have elbow surgery. I injured myself on the job. I had elbow surgery. And and then I I got out of that business. And I was kind of just on disability and unemployment for a while. And I decided, hey, man, why not go back to school? And so I went back to STC, and I got my associates in pharmacy technology. So I went into the pharmacy business and uh, did that for a few years. Got into compounding. I became a a manager of a compounding lab, and I, I got an opportunity to build a pharmacy from the ground up. And so I ran that pharmacy, and then I noticed that, the owners were doing some things that weren't exactly kosher and uh kind of confronted the owner about it and uh pretty much told him i mean we almost got in a fistfight i mean we, we had words because mm-hmm. i was pretty passionate about everybody that i had brought to the team and their licenses were on the line and the pharmacist licenses were on the line and he didn't understand that he just wanted to make money you know what i mean yeah and i I mean, we could have made the money. It would have just taken more time than he wanted. You know, we had the same vision, just not the same path. So I guess we I left that. I just quit. I, I couldn't deal with it. I wasn't going to do it. And then about three months after I left, the uh, FBI raided the pharmacy, shut them down uh, for fraud and whatever they were doing. They were doing some stuff. And then... I was still going to SCC because I was a pre farm major. I was I was I was trying to get uh, be a pharmacist at the time, but after seeing and being in in the industry for that long and seeing all the the stuff that goes on, I decided that that wasn't the route for me. Um, so I switched back to engineering, and I finished up my associates in, in engineering at SCC, and I transferred to UTRGV. Um, then the math got really hard. It just got too hard for me. And, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, the math yeah. just got too hard. for me. And I said, there's no way I'm going to do this. Maybe 20 years ago, I was sharp as a tack and I could have I done it, but, but not now. You know, I, there, I just couldn't get it. Tutoring, everything, math way, I had everything. And I, there was just, I, I just could not get some of the harder math. So I decided to go back because since I'm pretty good in math and science equally. Um, I decided to go into into science, and I really didn't want to do physics. I wish there was a uh, a physical science major. Mm-hmm. If there was a physical science bachelor's, I would have done that. Okay. But but if not, I went into the biology, and then somebody told me, like a friend of mine told me, Dora, told me that, that they were doing the Uteach. It was a you teach thing, and you got to teach in the classrooms, and uh stuff and I was like, man, hands on, that's my thing. So I said, you know, if I can learn and do hands on stuff, I'm there. And it it turned out to be my calling really, just I think I'm meant to teach science and my my kids agree with me. They think but they think I'm teaching at too low a level. They mm-hmm. think I should be teaching high school and 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 eventually maybe up at the university level, which I mean that could be a goal. But right now, you know, baby steps, I'm just getting my feet wet. And I'm hoping this is the last. I've been through so many careers and so many jobs. This will be my like fourth career and hopefully my last. And I can just do this for the rest of my life. I really want to help. Uh, let's do a little segue here. Um, something that, that, that came up recently, I'm doing a research with Dr. Chapman. Um, and I'm helping her. I'm writing a chapter in a book. That I'm going to propose to the Harvard Press, and it's about it's about um, me and the other co-authors of the book. Uh, it's about us telling our stories and and how our stories are relevant to building a community of trust and a safe learning environment for all our students in our in our um, classroom. And by telling them our stories, um, good or bad, it it may impact some of the students that that um that were like me when I was growing up you know my my whole chapters about how my home life was really weird and I lived in a really rough neighborhood, but I embraced school because I, because it was the only normalcy in my life you know mm-hmm. when I was at home, I was being called worthless and whatever other explicit is, but when I was at at school i was I was praised because i I did well, you know so i and I had Several teachers along the way that i mean just i mean it sounds cliche, but at the right time they were there to like keep me from committing suicide or doing something because I had a lot of problems with that when I was young, so I think that it's very relevant to the kind of the way I want to teach you know i need to we need to incorporate where we came from because there's other all the students are going to want to know, and then the students that don't know they'll be exposed to that culture as well you yeah. know they won't dismiss it anymore they'll be they'll be like the kids say woke you know
2: so you personally have a lot to to offer just in the in a connection with a lot of the students right because yeah i
3: think Jim, i'm sorry
2: go ahead i was just gonna say because that that humanizes you um the students will the story interesting it's fascinating and it, it you know the students are going to ask a lot of questions like tell me about the time you got, you got arrested and tell me about the time you got run over by a car and they're going to ask and ask and you'll have to be selective with what you tell them, but they're, they're engaged with you as a person. And hopefully you can sink in some science along the way. Right. Right. And I think that's the, and I think that's the like gateway to teaching
3: the science. You know what I mean? Is, is getting them to see me as a person, be relatable And they realize that this is a place where they can come, that the class is a place where they can come and be themselves without any, you know, prejudgments or any stereotypes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they can feel free to learn. And that's all they have to worry about is learning. And that's kind of what I want to do.
2: So that's where you kind of that's where you have a major advantage uh, compared to the other students in apprentice teaching. Right. Everyone else is like 22 years old. But you have right. a lot to offer in life experience.
3: I think I think I do. Yeah, there's a me and, and Jeanette and Dora. I guess that's why we kind of stuck together because we have that all this life experience. You know, uh, we're at. A, a, I mean, I don't want to say a different level because that sounds pretentious, but it's like a, a different level, I guess, because we're parents too. You know, we've already raised children. We've already been through a lot of things yeah. that that our students are going through. And so we've already helped our children through that. So it's, 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 it's easier for us, I think.
2: I also think it's going to offer an opportunity for you to see education. You know, you, you're going to see it like, okay, I need to teach. I need to educate. And you can see it at a bigger picture. And some of the younger students, they're, they're so wet behind the ears that they're not going to know how to do pretty much anything. They have to grow from scratch. And you just need to make improvements, and right. that that's speaking from my own experience as well i i I started teaching when I, probably when I was like twenty six and man it was a it was a huge leap in learning that I had to go through, but I didn't have the resources that uh, you teach offered i I went through an alternative program and i didn't know i didn't know what I was doing. it felt right and it sounded right, but I didn't have those experiences so I think yeah, you're learning how to teach, but you still have a wealth of knowledge already behind you.
3: Yeah, I think that it's, I think being a parent a lot, you're inherently kind of know how to teach already. You know what I mean? Um, especially because my kids are older. My son's already 20. He's turned 20. He's going to Cornell. And my younger wow. son is a senior at, at Um, So we've already been through all the ups and downs and my son went through the little phase uh, where he got arrested, too, for being stupid. And, yeah. You know, and, and I was able to... Uh, luckily enough, I had the knowledge of... I mean, not luckily, unfortunately. I had the knowledge of being... had being arrested. So when they were younger, I told them, you know, the cops cop you. This is what you do. If you ever get arrested for any reason, go to jail. This is how you pee. This is how you poop. This is how you, you know, like, you have to... Like there's certain etiquette that, that I taught my kids that I don't think anybody even thinks to teach their kids. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. No, that's as I said, that's a wealth of knowledge that may not be tapped into. Um, definitely use that in the classroom. Just be selective in what you tell them. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot to offer there. And I and this semester with apprentice teaching, we have you and like and as you said, Jeanette and Dora uh, clearly. You all are not kids. You, I think you all are probably older than me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, and so academically, professionally, I'm above you. But there's so much I can learn from you all in regards to life experiences. And I don't have children. So there's a lot of knowledge that you can have there. So you you're just, like you said, you are on a different level. It is technically a different level because your experiences outweigh what we've taught you. Uh, we can only teach you how to teach and how to be right. great teachers. But all that stuff, I can't teach you how to, I can't teach you those life experiences. So you're very lucky
3: in that. I guess I never thought about that insight. And, I, and thank you for that. That's, that's cool. I never thought about it that way. I yeah, mean, we're all I, limited
2: I, in what we can do. And mine's, right. mine's teaching you how to teach. What else can I teach you? Maybe a few other things, but there's things I can learn from you.
1: Hmm.
3: Yeah, I guess I guess there's also things we could learn from our students too, right? Because we're gonna learn who they are as people, and I mean, hopefully, we ha- I get that experience. I know it's hard to make connections in such a fast because it's so fast paced, and everybody's teaching to test and stuff like that. I mean, I'm just hoping we can make those connections. And, I really want a, a, a really heavily, I don't know how to say it, um, a real good bond with my students to where there's communication and they don't have to feel intimidated or, or afraid to answer a question. Of, you know what I mean? Because a lot of students, I think, are afraid to answer because they'll get laughed at and in, in my class nobody's going to get laughed at, you know what I mean?
2: I think a, a lot of that comes with the simple fact that it takes time to build a repertoire with people. Um, and you're not, you don't get that. You, this is the teacher that, if you're a student, this is the teacher that was assigned to you, just sit in the class and do the work. And it takes maybe about two to three months before you can start to have a connection with that teacher. So some, some advice that might work out for you in regards to that is after the kids get their first, maybe summative assessment, I recommend emailing the students who failed and contacting them and saying, uh, let's have a Zoom meeting for 30 minutes. And and then you get them all together and you say, look, you guys didn't do well on the exam. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to go over the exam. Just talk about studying and talk about like the philosophy of like just 10 minutes every day goes a long way and stuff like that. Mm So what you've taken is you've taken the kids who failed. They know they failed. They know they didn't pass whatever you gave them, but you took the time to talk with them. So you obviously don't need to help the kids who are doing well. Uh, right. You can form a relationship with them as well, but it's those weaker kids. They might just be weak at that moment. So you get them together. <clears throat> tell them, Let's talk about this. How, about, how much time did you spend studying? How much time did you spend studying? And you, they'll be like, hey, you know, Mr. Lasso didn't have to do that. I wonder. So yeah, that's, that's a good way to start from the very beginning right. with that repertoire. So try that out. See if it works for you.
3: Yeah, that's good advice.
1: I
2: think I'm going to use that. So let's kind of let's switch gears a little bit. And our focus is usually you teach. But, you know, what, you're already pretty much at the terminal end. You're, you're just starting. You still have a long road to go. You got the next 16 weeks are going to be tough for you. But, you know, how has teach impacted you as you've gone from step one to where you are now?
3: I think the biggest impact is, is, is helping me realize or, or helping me discover that I'm supposed to be a teacher. Um, I didn't think uh, I would ever go into a profession like this. I, I was always... I don't know, I guess I always sold myself short and just said that I was going to be a manual labor guy, you know, somebody that works with his hands for the rest of his life, and that was going to be me, and that was it. And I was pretty much stuck like that. I didn't think I was good enough to to be a teacher or good enough to be – and I guess that just comes from upbringing, I guess. It's kind of burnt into my brain. Uh, but I just realized, and then I also realized that being around – other scientists and other math people, and and just being in the academic environment and having a common goal. Um, you know, we really, people in this program really want to be teachers, you know, and I mean, there's a couple of, of outliers, but I mean, they really, by, by this time, they're rooting out the outliers, you know what I mean? So the, yeah. the people that are here where I'm at, and we have a group chat, you can tell we're all passionate about teaching. And we're all, and having that, that environment is, 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 is excellent. Like, I I love the UT program. The master teachers are, are available. You know, they're, they're there for you. They, they, they wipe our tears. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not just a program. It's like a family, you know, it's, it's really cool. It's been, it's been very cool.
2: So it's funny that you say that because one of the things I always would tell students and I tell this to all the future teachers is I tell them like, when you become a teacher, hang out with the nerds of teaching, the people who they, 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 they go to a training and they say, Hey, I'm going to try it out. Let's see what happens. And they share videos that they saw because when you hang out with those people at work as a teacher, that's, those are the five people you are. And they say that you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with, right? right. So if you, ha- if you think about the times you were in a gang, right? You hung out with several people who were, their motivations were not to tease, So you conformed to that group. Then you changed that group and you were working at the pharmacy and then you conformed to that group. So you're, you, in fact, you didn't conform to that group. You pushed against it because your ideals were to, do the compounding correctly and not to cheat and all that stuff. Right. So then you come into you teach and then there's a group of people you surround yourself with. Right. So what I always tell the students is surround yourself with the, the nerds of teaching like They're It doesn't matter what subject they're in. It doesn't have to be all the science student teachers right. together. It can be right. anybody. And that's what I think you should build in your class, build that environment. I think that will,
3: I think that will come naturally. Because I am passionate about it, so I think that's the, exactly the environment I'm going for. I am a nerd. I have always been a nerd. Even, you know, I would help some of my friends do their homework because they weren't very smart. And you know, I was just that's the smart guy in the gang. I I really shouldn't have been there. I really shouldn't. Have, I really wasn't in a gang. I just we came from. I mean, it was called Barrio Trece. You know, we came from a gang neighborhood. So. I mean, my brothers and I were never in gangs. We were just involved in all that activity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was going, uh, there was a, uh, when I came from Texas Tech, they stole my bike. This is guy stole my bike. And uh, I, one guy, a uh, uh, criminal guy from our little group, went and stole his radio as retaliation. And so when they came looking for him for the radio, they said, no, well, JB stole it. You know, and then that, and then so that it started to escalate there.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely no loyalty there. <laughs> yeah,
3: there's none. There's none.
2: Under- <laughs> I mean, I I grew up in a in I don't I want to say I grew up in a, in a similar community, but my mom got us out of there as soon as she could. So, I, it's funny because she we changed environments, we changed the location of where we lived, and I was I man she she still makes fun of me to this day, and I shouldn't tell it. But I'm going to tell it anyway because it's hilarious. and I'm not embarrassed by it. But in that community, this was the community where, you know, you had a uh, still cheap plastic swimming pool in the front yard and you just run around in your underwear and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I took that to the new neighborhood. Man, I was running around naked in the front yard like an idiot. <laughs> she's, she's like all embarrassed and stuff. Uh, but it's because I, I, there had to have been that transition from the bad neighborhood to the better neighborhood and I was surrounded by people who were like, one guy was a politician. People were, one guy was a lawyer. Like sometimes you fall into it. Like how the heck did I get in this situation? I'm surrounded by these people who are quote unquote more successful than me. And I, you feel awkward, but mm. as long as you're surrounded by them, you, you'll probably achieve them unless you are a true outlier and you just keep doing, uh, bad stuff. Right. So I'm so. I mean, that's why I'm saying. There's so much you you can offer to the kids. They just don't know it. They're not going to know it from the beginning. they right. They'll figure it out after a while. So that's fascinating. And you said your son's going to Cornell. How do you feel about that?
3: It's amazing. I, I mean, it's been his dream. So uh, he didn't. He didn't make it uh, last. The last time he tried. Um, so I told him just the way we say in our family, keep chopping wood, son. Like. He was like, do I drop out of, because he was going to Corning Community College, which is, it, I guess it feeds into Cornell.
1: Yeah. They had
3: given him, they had given him a, a transfer option. Like, he'd be accepted as long as he did well enough at, at Corning. Mm-hmm. So, he was running cross-country up there, and I mean, he did okay, but, but he didn't make the 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 first time. So, he stayed for the spring semester, and he did really well, and they accepted him, so... I mean, just, I, I feel proud as a father because I encouraged him to keep going and, and, and he kept going and he he achieved it, you know, and I mean, if he would have failed, of course we would have embraced him anyway, but like he achieved it and that's not, that's not an easy thing to do. That's not an easy thing to do at all, is achieve something that you like, keep going for something and achieve it after you fell on your face, you know what I mean? Do you he feel that, a lot uh, about his character?
2: That your, do you feel that your son had a better starting point than you did? Oh, way better starting point. I
3: mean, he's just a mature kid. We we always joke that he's been thirty since he was five. He's just always <laughs> been that. Like when he was a kid, he would tell me, "Dad, you're so immature," you know. And he was like six. It's like, come on, man, be a kid. So yeah. he's always been that type of person um driven ambitious and and, um i think his ultimate goal is to to terraform mars or the moon and grow crops so that's what he wants to do. um
2: so your son obviously is is doing very well academically and i I hope he's a good person as well uh but did you ever have fear because sometimes you set your 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 sometimes you work hard to get in a better spot and then you fear that your children may not continue their tra- that trajectory did you ever fear that
3: i never feared that i never did um ann and i my ex-wife Anne and i always um worked together I, I guess since education is such a big part of my life um even though i wasn't uh i didn't go to college uh uh when i was you know i was just an electrician i was but education always a, like a big part of my life not just Cool, but I, I read a lot, and I, 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 you know, I, I know a lot of stuff because I'm always reading. I'm always looking. I, am I'm, I'm into culture, opera, and I've always been uh, an intellectual. I guess you want to say so. It that has always been a part of our lives. Is it, my sons were listening to Bob Marley when they were four years old, and they, and 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 opera, and they. My son's beta's name is Fantome, like Phantom of the Opera. But you know, they have they they have a culture in them that I guess my my ex wife and and I instilled in them, and I, I I never had a doubt that they would that they would do
2: well, and I really didn't. You think you can still extend that to your classroom?
3: Uh, that's what that's what I'm shooting for. I mean, that's what I'm shooting for. The the expectation is going to be high. That's for sure, because you know I have high expectations of myself I have expectations of my family my sons and i think that will just naturally bleed over into the classroom and and hopefully the the students are able to step up and meet those expectations and when while meeting those expectations they'll discover themselves they'll discover how to learn to, how to learn you know for themselves i i hope uh, that's the goal
2: so on a different note, like are there any is there anything in the in the public education system that you think is flawed that or something that needs improvement?
3: I think the whole testing system's flawed um i I, I think the students miss a lot of good knowledge uh, that they could that, that or and teachers could teach a little better if they didn't have to teach just to teach the test. you know what I mean so I think that's a flaw in education. Um, I don't know. I don't know. if I don't really like to get political, but I know like different uh, schools are funded differently for different reasons. And, and I hear that, that there's a lot of nepotism and there's a lot of things in school districts that, that I need to watch out for or whatever. So I know that kind of stuff is, is shady and, and kind of the reason I walked away from different industries too. So, yeah. I really need to I really need to be um careful and, 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 and I really don't know what the word is. Just be aware, I guess.
2: Yeah, definitely be aware. But my personal opinion is the first thing you should be is not even a good teacher. You should be a great teacher because as you said, you set high standards. If if you go into it and you set high standards for yourself, if the students meet you halfway, they've done well, right? Um but at the end of the day, they could say whatever they want about you, but as long as they can't say he's man, I, I don't, I don't like the guy, but he's a great teacher. Right. Right. Uh, right. Uh, he shows up late, but he's a great teacher. Right? Um, it's there's certain things. There's certain characteristics that people value. And like, I don't know. I mean, I'm married and, my wife's like, "Well, oh, you're a little dirty," but there's other characteristics that she values over that. So it's just right, like that in right. any relationship. Like, yeah, I'm a little dirty. I can improve on that, but you know, I'm loyal to her and all that. So, uh, in education, there were times when I was a teacher and I just said like, you know, I, maybe I'm being too hard with these students. Maybe I'm I'm just too tough, but. That's the one thing I'm very proud of, that of all the, the things that would go into my mind as a teacher, I always walked away saying, I, I tried my best and I never, I never half-assed it. I always made sure that the students were challenged. And some recent, I don't know if you ever knew her, there was a, a graduate named Ariana Garza. She graduated from the- She's, she's part of the book. Yeah, she- uh, yeah, She's, she's in, part of the book. So yeah, I'm very familiar with Ariana. She was in my first, Course that I ever taught. So my first year of teaching, she was one of my students, and I liked her. She was she was hilarious. I loved her as a kid. Um, And she comes back like a year or two later, and she she just says like, "This is the only class that prepared me for college." That alone meant so much to me, right? It just meant so much to me because like, oh, good. There's there's validation in what I'm doing. So beyond the nepotism, beyond all that, as if you're a good teacher, hey, they could fire you. I guess I'll just be a good teacher somewhere else where else. Right, right. Right. They can't take that away from you. Right. And you know, I know we're talking about, I know you still have 16 weeks coming up ahead of you, but you've done so, so much so far. I don't think it's, it's not going to be an issue for you. You will be able to, to complete it. Um, but what are your goals beyond the beyond December? What are your goals? I
3: don't know. I've, I've, Honestly, I've always been a person that never makes goals because I've always been disappointed. So, I, I, like, goals to me are like pipe dreams, you know what I mean? Um, but I can actually see light at the end of this tunnel. So, it's, it's, um, I really want to have a job by the time I graduate. That's, like, for now, the main goal is to transition directly into teaching. Um I okay. would love that. I would love to have that because I don't wanna have a gap in salaries. I don't wanna have a gap. I I work this hard and I'm I've got the passion right now and I've got the drive and I don't wanna lose that, that forward momentum. I would really like to have, you know, I r re- I don't wanna get disappointed in other words. I just wanna keep this forward momentum going and, and and hopefully get a job as soon as possible.
2: So there's some pros and there's cons, you know? So it's like, do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, The good news is a lot of teachers are not going to want to do this COVID stuff. Like a lot of people have quit. A lot of people have have said, I'm not going to risk it. And so guess who's, guess who is available for a job? You know, you can easily say, I'm ready to go. I'll be here in January. So that's a possibility. Right. Uh, And normally I would tell students in a traditional year, I would say it's December, you're probably not going to get a job. I mean, it's just not going to happen because of contracts. But this is where, as you said, you learning new technology and learning those resources, these next 16 weeks of work can yield maybe 10% benefits in January. I highly recommend based on the school we're putting you at, there's a good chance that you you can make some interconnections and people will say, there's a job opening here go you'll be there in January right so that's a possibility uh now you say that teaching is you want to get a job but there's got to be like a secondary goal and it doesn't even have to be related to education like what are your personal goals something that you you want to obtain that you never did or complete or get done
3: well this is this is one thing that I talked about um and I hate keep bringing it up Dora but I mean we have common backgrounds and so we've been friends for a long time um as a matter of fact, we were friends before, and then we reconnected. And you teach, we're like, "Well, you're in this program. What?" You know, so it was one of those things. But um, we talk about how is how different is it going to be from going to what we make right now, our income right now, to that 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 income of being a teacher. Our lives are going to completely change, like completely change, uh, like for the first no, not the first time in my life. I just for the first time in a long time, I'm gonna have financial stability. Like I don't even know how that feels anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is one of the one of the benefits that comes with doing all this hard work and and putting in the work and getting to this point. You know, that's that's gonna be a huge benefit. You know, right now I don't even have a vehicle, so I'm struggling big time. And uh, I, I did, it's gonna change my life. You know, and that's something that. That I'm looking forward to. its it is a, it that is a valid goal for me, I guess. And I hate to be superficial and think money, but it, in this case, it's not superficial. It's, no, it's yeah, you need you it. You know right? what I mean? You know what I mean?
2: So yeah, there's um, a certain amount of money that a person needs to be, make to be completely happy. And if you're in the real Grande Valley, I really think that's probably sixty, seventy thousand, right? Right. Uh, as long as you're making fifty, you have a good life. But if you're making twenty, uh, you're starting to select. Doing yeah, this, and I make, or and I make that? under that. So yeah, with two it's jobs,
3: nice. <laughs> with it, you know. So I've, and and that's one thing that, that I've also had to the struggle. I've had to put myself in that situation to continue school. You know, mm-hmm. work part time and and work uh, one place for one day. And so I mean, that's just a sacrifice that I've made. And at the end, that that's where it's going to pay off. Is 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 I'm getting that income back that I gave up for all these years um, doing teaching, you know I mean, doing
2: the, this college thing. Yeah, no more, no more struggling. You'll have that income. Right, no more struggling. Yeah, I know. I, I, feel, you. I feel you. Just uh, you're almost there, man. That, that, that's, but that's the insight. Once again, that's, that's an insight you get. What, if I ask a, a 20-year-old or a 23-year-old, like, what are you going to do? It? Like, oh, I'm going to buy a new car. Uh, right. I'm going to go a little nuts and buy a PlayStation <laughs> yeah. or, you know like that's cool you can have all that but you know you got to think about uh, once you get older eventually you like you just want your needs met and maybe a little bit more when you're yes, young exactly. you want everything right i want to buy a piece of land you know i want my little
3: ranjito and a place to shoot birds you know i want my little acre you know yeah and you know that's, that's the kind of life i like i like i like hunting and fishing and what i do that's what i like it's my
2: only recreation, to be honest. Well, they're 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 good recreations. I mean, they're some of them can be pricey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it can get pricey, but yeah. So that's good. I mean, see this this is, I I've, I've only had a few other podcasts, but they've all been with like students who are like in step one, step two, maybe CI, and it's good to see you know the enlightenment for someone else, someone else with some life experience and different goals and perspectives. Uh, that's why I like doing this, right? I like doing the podcast. But, you know, I mean, based on all that, you've worked so hard, you've come so far, you know, is there anything that you kind of regret?
3: Mm, no, I don't. I don't regret. I don't have any regrets. As a matter of fact, I think now is the time where, I mean, especially with this this research that I'm doing with uh, Dr. Chapman, I mean, I'm really it's, – it's, this is really – the biggest discovery time of my life and I'm 43 years old and I'm barely mature enough to discover and accept who I am and, and know who I am. And, and it's just been, it's been a a cool ride to, to, this is something that people do in their twenties. You know, most of my, most of my contemporaries have been teachers for 20 years already. You know what I mean? So, i'm I'm way behind as far as that goes I mean, ten years ago, I was living in the tent i didn't I didn't have a place to go i was I had my truck and my tent, and wherever I go i put my tent and that. that's where I lived you know mm-hmm. and uh that was just ten years ago and so so yeah, being where I'm at right now is it's it's amazing and i don't regret i don't I don't regret anything like this because. I guess because there's nothing to really regret like because there's <laughs> it's been such a like a low and then a high and then low and I think um, everything has happened the way it, it's happened and I'm grateful for where I'm at right now and uh, but yeah as far as regret I don't regret. So.
2: That's great. I mean you, you've taken life on the chin as, as they say right? Right. Um. You know, there is a there's there, for every pro, there's a con. So we were talking about how your life experience will be beneficial for you in regards to being in the classroom. While the young people are going to be going crazy, uh, I, I just thought about it right now. It's like retirement is going to be tough for you. Very. Because there's usually a, a, it's usually a a formula like it's the number of yeah, years. Yeah, I'm not going to hit. I'm age. not going to hit the TRS. I'm not going to hit the. I've
3: already done the math. I'm not going to yeah. do. I'm not going to get the ninety. I would have to teach like till I'm 70 or something like that. So yeah. that's not something I'm, um, and I, I, I've never really thought that I was going to have a retirement anyway, um, yeah. but now of course I'm going to have to do like a, a, probably an annuity or something or, or, or something like that to help me with my retirement.
2: But, yeah, maybe like an IRA, something yeah, like that. Right, right. Yeah. There's, I mean, I, I, I feel the same way. I always said like my, I would say, I mean, we're, we're pretty much of the same generation. We're not that far apart. Uh, but I would just tell people, our generation doesn't get to retire like that, that died right. out years ago.
3: Right. And I've never even thought I was going to retire. I always thought I was going to work until I couldn't walk anymore.
2: Yeah. Well, the good thing is in the classroom, maybe if you, in the future you'll be teaching online you won't have to walk. Just then I won't retire. have to walk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes, that's, that's good. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, so at this point you've gone through Uteach, I mean, you're almost done. Uh, I mean, how has it been? What are the, what has been the pros of the Uteach, con- what have been the pros of the Uteach program? Also, what are some of its drawbacks?
1: I don't know, I don't know about, I think,
3: <clears throat> now that we're, I guess the process um, of all the five E lessons and all that's kinda of like busy work when you when you get to now you realize that we're not even gonna use that stuff. We might kind of use it, but we're not really gonna use it. But the process is the reason you guys do that's because it's a process to us learning inquiry. So I understand it, but um like a lot of the a lot of the people in our class were like, Well that why did we learn that? You know? Mm-hmm. But I can see why we'd learned it. It's just kind of like busy work or whatever. Um, um, as far as like the organization, I mean, Miss Yates is a really good advisor. You know, she's she's got contacts everywhere. If you have a question, she gets it answered. Um, I mean, you all are, are amazing with us. The, the master teachers are really amazing with us. Um, everybody's approachable. I said that earlier, you know, available and approachable. and and always have smiles on your faces. and Even if you have to force it, you will, you know, but you always are there for us, you know, and, and, um, I think, I think, and I mentioned it earlier, like that family, that that culture of family is what makes you teach way different than any other program, mm-hmm. you know, cause like in the engineering program, it wasn't. like I mean, this is, it's a special place, um, for, for special people uh, that really want to teach you know that's where they belong I think you're gonna go if you're really passionate about education, I think incoming students need to take the go to the UT program I mean maybe I'm biased and i can't I can't speak for the regular ed program um, mm-hmm. but with my experience, I think it's the way to go, especially for someone like me that came from a hands-on world that came from, you know, uh, manual labor and, and likes that tactical, you know, and not tactical, that, um, tactile. I forget the, what the word is, but yeah. tactile, Tactile. Yeah.
2: No, that's the, I mean, that's how you learn, right? You learn by doing, you can only spend right. so much time reading the book and that's why we we throw you into the, into the actual classroom within like five, six weeks from day one. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know the details of how the, the actual college of ed works. So I can't speak for them, but I mean, inherently people are going to like or not like the teach program because of that. And that's good either way, because we, if you don't want to, if it's not for you, you find out immediately, oh, I thought I wanted to be a teacher and that's not the case. Yeah,
3: I think it's really, I think it's, uh, a really good like uh in your face way to find out if you want if, if you're even if you have the stuff to be a teacher you know what i mean cuz i mean there's people that want to be teachers but they just don't they just that's not for them mhm like people want to be astronauts but or i wanted to be an engineer but the math wasn't for me you know yeah. it's just you know there's just things that 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 don't work out and and it's a good way to find that out before you waste all those years in college and get to the end and, and realize, man, I don't want to teach.
2: Yeah, you had mentioned that you had wanted to go into pharmacy, and so did I. I was actually pre pharmacy when I got into college. And uh, th- then they, that's when the, the program said, you need to get so many hours volunteering. And I would volunteer, and I just didn't like it. I, I didn't like the confined space, not being able to move around. And then I met some pharmacists and they were talking about how they had this gauge at the top of their um, computer, and you had to keep it in the green. And if you kept it in the green, you got a bonus at the end of the year, right? So you're looking at metrics, having the productivity, you're trying to measure your productivity. And I was just like, and this guy just kept talking on and on about he wanted to get his bonus, he wanted to get his bonus. And I, I guess it was a big bonus, And then there was another pharmacist who, at the time, she must have been like 24 years old, talking about how she partied last night and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, in hindsight, I see that's probably what a 24 year old would do if you gave them $150,000 a year. That's what they would do. But my head was always in like, I got to perform tomorrow. I need to rest today because tomorrow I have my job and it's important to me. So that really drew me away from that aspect. And next thing you know, I find teaching. I'm like, I love this. You're, you're. It is, as you say, tactile. You're engaging with the students, watching them grow, and the UTeach program does help us to do that. Now, you had mentioned about the five E, and and so you you say that there's a consensus that a lot of the students don't understand why we do that or that it's not important.
3: They don't say it's not important. I guess they just think like it's because, like, when we get to to um, PBI, uh, pretty much. They tell us I'll throw that 5E stuff out the door. This is, you know, there's a a different way now. It's project based, not the 5E. This is the way we're gonna do our lesson. And okay. so, you know what I mean. So it's like, well, why did we do all that? And and because yeah, it's hard to write a 5E lesson. You know what I mean? So and 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 you guys are very strict about our content, which is great. Which I mean, it made us better people, better teachers. Um, but yeah, that the just uh, why were we so detailed on that when we were just going to throw it out the door and and shift gears? Um, so that, but like I say, have... it's like you have to learn uh, plus and minus before you get to algebra, and you have to know algebra before you get to calculus. So I'm sure there's a method to why you, we learn the five E lesson first and then and then move forward. You know?
2: Well, the five E is is a is a general structure for teaching a lesson right start with an engagement get them hooked get them excited and then it's, it's instead of the 5e before we get into five let's talk about like a, a the, the structure of a story we have all seen movies and they all start the same way they establish the characters there's something that incites them like what's their motivation and then there's a down part oh my god we're never gonna make it and right, then, and right. then there's a huge climax and then the movie ends All good movies follow that process. Well, in regards to a 5e lesson plan, that's true too. You have your engagement, your exploration, and you follow that. Project base is just a little bit different. You're, You're thinking with a longer term, longer goal in mind. So that may have been where there was a disconnect between its purpose and what we want you to start with in it, but they overlap. They're not two separate entities. Right, right. And that's probably something we need to be a little bit more clear about, right? But yeah, that's
3: why it's good we, to get feedback. I think it, it it would be it would be beneficial to to say that this like, and I don't even know how you would how you would change how you would because there's no reason to change it. It's it's good the way it is. You know, it it's not a flawed system, but I guess the transition, like you said, like since there's a disconnect there, you need to make that connection. I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like. I mean, I know what you're talking about. I took a class this past semester, and it was uh, it was research methods, but for the social sciences because I'm working on my doctorate. And one one of the assignments is about getting a random sample. So I read the textbook, uh, and before I even read it, I think we're well, getting a random sample. You just what do you want? Ten percent? Just take ten a certain number out of your sample, right? Uh, but then I also know that there's randomizers on computer programs and on the internet. So why don't we just use that? So I'm reading the textbook and it shows me how to do this really weird, obscure way of doing it. So being a professor, I'm also thinking like, well, there's gotta be a reason for this. Like I get it, but I finish it. I'm like, this is archaic. This was, this is probably how you did it in 1980. It doesn't seem very modern. So I could, I once again, so as a student, I'm thinking I gotta give my professor what he wants. So I gave him what he wants. I disagree with it, but I think it comes at a certain experience where you can start to see the connections like, oh, I, I see it from this lens and now I see it from this lens. But as a student, you shouldn't have to do that. Uh, we should at least help you to figure that out. So if there is that disconnect between PBI and five, E, we can work on that. We can make those improvements, you know?
3: Yeah, I, I mean. It doesn't really bother me, but I think it's kind of a general consensus of that.
2: Okay. No, like, I mean, because you're, you'll get, you'll understand this at, at when you become a teacher. Like, I don't want to, I don't like wasting my students' time. Uh, your time with me is precious. So if you have 45 minutes with a student, like, I got to, I want to do this right. I want to do this through questioning and inquiry. I don't want to lecture to you, but I, I need you to walk away with something and it has to be tangible. I hate wasting my, my students' time. So at the end of it all, if, if I teach you how to use the 5E lesson plan, which is a great tool, but then you miss the connection to that between, with PBI, then that's probably on my end and other, other, student, other teachers' end. But you'll see that as well when you become a teacher. Like you want them to fully understand everything. All right. But good. That's a good opportunity for us. I didn't know I was going to get a little opportunity for enhancement during this podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, based on all that, instead of, instead of that, what are your hobbies? What are some things you do? What are you, you watch movies, play games, work out? What I do you do? watch
3: movies. I, I play Call of Duty,
2: uh, World War Two. Okay. I, I, I play
3: that. Um, my son's trying to get me into this game called Astroneer, which looks really cool. Um, but yeah, I I don't have the time right now for it. It looks like it's a big rabbit hole, so I don't know if I want to do that. That's a summer vacation thing, I guess. Yeah,
2: um, yeah. But what uh, else? You, you mentioned
3: hunting and fishing. Yeah, hunt, hunting, fishing. Um, we like to go out the kayaks and um, we like to take a trip annually, go camping, and but primitive camping. We don't. We just take a like camp stove and. Um, cook what we what we catch, stuff like that. And so we do that every year. We try to do it every year. We haven't done it. Uh, but I cook, the barbecue. I love to cook. I love to bake. I sell um, pies and cakes and stuff during holidays.
2: Oh, they're going to love you at the schools when you're a teacher.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but yeah, I, oh. I used to cook in, in commercial kitchens. I actually... There's a bar in Westaco called Rewind. Um, my my buddies own it, and I helped them open it last semester, two semesters ago. So I was working there all graveyard, all night cooking, and then and then I'd go to school in the morning. <laughs> I had ecology at eight in the morning, so Jeez. that was a rough. It was rough, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, I mean, don't you ever see that? Don't you ever see that, like? the good thing about school is that there is that start and that middle and that end. Like, you know, like it was rough, but it it, it was rough for a certain period of time and right. then, the, then it changes to something different. Right. 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 Yeah. Things change like that. And that's one thing I do like about education is like, Oh man, I, I really messed up that year. I got a whole new year coming up to fix those mistakes. Right. So that's always rewarding. Okay, cool. Not bad. Not bad. So, is there what advice do you have for anybody who wants to join UTeach or is currently starting UTeach? Stick with it.
3: That's my advice. is stick with it. Deal with all the BS. Deal with all the whatever personalities that you have to deal with or whatever. But stick with it because it's an enriching experience. And if I mean, if you really want to teach, this it's the way to go. Because um, you're going to learn.
1: Um How do I say it you learn more insight
3: about the students than you would normally because you have that that experience in the classroom. you can talk to the students um like in uh, I guess it was step two where we had to survey our students and then they really give you good feedback on on what you're doing wrong as a teacher, and that that that's. You can't, you can't beat that. You know what I mean? That's straight from a student. Like they're calling you on your, on you, they're on your mess ups. So you, I mean, you can't beat that. So you have really have to stick with it and get through all the classes and get through all the, all all the stuff to get here where we're at. And then it's, it's, and then it's real. You know what I mean? I think that's the best advice I can give is stick with it. Don't give up. Don't, don't think it's too hard or don't think, um, I mean, you teach. will root you out if you're not good enough. They'll they'll do it for you. So you just stick with it.
2: That's great. Okay, so we're going. That sounds like a good uh, ending for this. Hopefully, you make it through your apprentice teaching. I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the guy who who watches you and makes sure your lessons are excellent. So you obviously you and I are still going to be talking, but yeah, it's going to be cool. So Juan, thanks for. Sticking coming back for the return of the podcast. And hopefully you can come back later on and do uh, do another one. Yeah,
3: it'd be cool. We follow up and uh, get some experience teaching and we can follow up and talk about it.
2: All right. All right, that's the end of this podcast, and thanks for listening.
1: Every woman and man, a doubt,
0: you're it out. you can turn it around. Turn it- unless you, you can follow the bridges you've crossed and then you'll be failed stand proud stand strong and allow the love and help that comes along you know what? But your love, the light divides alone Lessons I learned right here at home You know the feeling I'm talking about Every woman and man without a doubt You're down but not out You can turn it around Turn it around There's nobody barking your way Taking it down but you, you can follow the bridges you've crossed, and then you'll be failed. But you can turn it around